coming up with it. And I think we've had a pretty good time so far, I pray and I hope. And so um, this is going to be uh, another message um, in that series. And so we're going to get started. I'm going to talk about today uh, regarding the mind. Regarding the mind. Um, not regard in regard to um, guarding the mind, which you need to do as well, praise the Lord. But this is more so we're going to talk about the minds, regarding the minds. I want to say regarding the mind. So this is something I feel like that we need to talk and we need to share about only because it is very important that we oftentimes take um, the initiative to make sure our minds are in a good place. Amen. We have got to make sure our minds are in a good place. If they're not in a good place, um, then it's not going to be good for you or not good for anybody else around you. Have you ever tried to um, to do some things um, in your mind um, or try to perceive some things in your mind and it not go too well? Um, have you ever tried to uh, make some things happen in your mind that we tried to act out what your mind thought of that still didn't go too well? And sometimes our minds are able to come up with some really good things and we actually execute them well. But there are plenty of times where our minds need to understand and need to first um, understand and go through the fact that making sure our minds are in a good place. But not only that, we also have to make sure our hearts are in a good place. Someone say heart. So Proverbs chapter 23 and verse 7 is where we're going to land at first. Proverbs 23 and verse 7. It reads on the screen for you, uh, for, as, and, and for as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, saith he to thee, but his heart is not with thee. The TPT version says, for as he thinks within himself, so is he. He will grudgingly say, go ahead and eat all you want, but in his heart he resists the fact that he has to pay for your meal. And so we've always read this scripture and recite the scripture as just saying, for as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. However, there is so much more when it comes to this scripture. So basically, even with this, there are two sides to the heart. There are two sides to the heart. First of all, did you know that in your heart there is a mind? It's revealed in scripture, first of all, not for as a man thinketh in his heart. The only way your heart can think something through is there has to be something that can hold the process of the thought, which is the mind. The trace of the mind, the process of the mind, also is not only in your head, but also in your heart. Someone say heart. So there's two sides. The first one I mentioned is Luke chapter 6, verse 45. It says the good person out of the good treasure of the heart produces good, and the evil person out of evil treasure produces evil. For it is out of the abundance of the heart that the mouth speaks. We all know that scripture. However, what is in your heart will come out through your mouth. If you ever want to know what someone is thinking, listen up. If you ever want to know what's in someone's heart, listen up. Eventually, it will speak. And so my, I think my mama always taught me um, that no one ever tells a lie. Because what they really speak is actually what's in their heart for real. It is the truth. And typically, the first thought is what they did not mean to say, but it really was there in the first place. Praise the Lord. So it is really a thing. So that's one side of it. The other side is whatever you think in your heart, listen, is who you really are. 
Whatever you think in your heart is who you really are. The mouth will always reveal the wounds of the heart, the issues of the heart, etc. These things are always in the heart. Someone say the heart. These things are always there. So eventually, what is in your heart will eventually speak. Whatever you process through your heart will eventually speak. Here's the thing. What you think in your heart has the ability to shape your character. What you think in your heart has the ability to maneuver your body to do things you never thought you would do. And you can, you can think it here. But it's another thing to think it through with your heart. Have you ever had to make a really tough decision? Have you ever had to be in a place where it's like, we need an answer about tomorrow. It's like, okay, okay I'm going to think this there. I'm going to think this. I'm just, I'm just not sure. Like, ah! You just try to really think it through. This is how the process can be. So you try to think really quickly. However, your heart is going to always suggest something, potentially, that you didn't think about with just your mind. Your heart. That's why people always people sometimes say, follow your heart. And then the other side, it says the heart is one of the most deceitful things, the Bible says. So when you try to follow your heart, your heart leads you into something as if it is has the good and good option for you, but it really does not. Let's go to uh we're gonna to go to Colossians chapter three. But even before we go there, it's very important for you to understand that it is very important to deal with your heart quickly. Someone say quickly. If something is wrong or something is in your heart, it is important to deal with that. Listen, because what's kept silent has the legal right to sentence you. What you keep silent in your heart has the legal permission and legal access to sentence you. It has the ability to give you orders and tell you what you're going to do because you keep quiet. Because again, sometimes you can process things Because your mind is stuck in one place. 
So you have to set your mind on things above, which means set your mind on what heaven said you can have. I'm real big on that. All right, we often talk about faith and how faith is important. You can't set your mind on anything if you don't have faith that what you're setting your mind on is actually going to be going to produce something. You have to set your mind with expectation. Pray man. So setting something is intentional. Someone say intentional. Intentional. So you have to do it. You must be intentional about doing it. For example, you set your clock. You set your timer when you're cooking something. I mean, you're setting, uh, you set your clothes out for work. You set your clothes out for church. You know, you set, you know, your hair dryer or your curling iron or whatever you're using. You set those things at a certain temperature or a certain time because you have an expectation of that's what you needed to do. You have to be intentional with it. However, if it does not have a purpose to it, you're not doing it. If it does not have a meaning to it, you are not doing it. How many of y'all be very truthful and honest and blink real hard at me and say that when you think it's not important, you are very lackadaisical in it? <laughs> Alright? Does that make it right? No! But yet and still, if we don't see importance to it, we will. We will move and be mad at other people when they're not doing something we ask them to do. But when they ask us to do something, we will be so lax in it because it's not what we are wanting. You see how selfish our human nature can be? Y'all quiet, it's fine. So you see how selfish that can be? That is the thing. So if you listen, however, if some of you all can't set your mind because your mind, listen, is already set to something else. If your mind is already set on one thing, you can't set your mind on anything else. Can I prove it to you the old school way? Back in the day, we used to have something called VCRs. And VCRs had the lovely ability to record a one show. And you cannot go above that one show. Now we have DVRs that can record probably 20, 20, 30 shows at one time. And you never miss your multiple shows that come on at the same time. And DVR has the ability up to so many hours when your VHS only probably gave you about 60 minutes, maybe 120 if you're lucky enough to get some real good for you. So that is how our minds are. Our minds are still in the VCR era. Either you're going to be set on something or set on nothing at all. But you have to be set on one thing. Let me ask you something. What is your mind set? is set on. God bless you guys. <laughs> this is what your mind has the ability to do. But either you're set on him or you're set on a it. I don't know what that may be. But either one of those things is what your mind would have to be set on. If you can't set your mind, your mind has probably set you. Now, let's go on to something else. Someone said regarding the heart, regarding, regarding the mind. So, when it comes to something else, I want you to say neighbor. Let your name say neighbor. 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 There is a danger in settling mentally. There is a danger when you settle mentally. Maybe some of you all probably need an example. 
example of this, and so we're going to give you that, and um, this is going to be a good point. Numbers, Numbers chapter 14, 1 through 4. We go to the Old Testament from Mama Sharon. So all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried, and the people wept that night. Verse 2, and all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron, and the whole congregation said to them, if only we had died in the land of Egypt, or if only we had died in this wilderness, why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword, that our wives and children should become victims? Would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? So they said to one another, let us select a leader and return to Egypt. This is, beloved, dealing with the people, the lovely children of Israel who were coming out of Egypt who was ruled by Pharaoh. And so let me do some backstory real quick. In chapter 13, they have been wandering in this place called the wilderness, and they finally got to a point, Mom, where they were able to finally see the promise was right there ahead of them. They were able to see it. So what they do, they sent in some spies to spy out the land. And when they spied out the land and came back and then they reported saying, uh, hey, there are some giants there. There are some people there that we have not seen in quite some time. And uh, they're really big. And I'm not really sure if we can really, I mean, they already occupy the land. I mean, I, mean, I, I don't know. And they started speaking words of doubt that begin to fill up the hearts and the minds of all the other people. Which means you need to stop believing what people bring you about what God said you can have. They despise, but came back with the report saying, it's already occupied, someone's already there, and we're we going to die because they're stronger than us. And, and, and they went, but who told you that they have more strength than you did? If God said it's yours, then apparently he already gave you enough strength and willpower to conquer what he said. Sure, you can. 
subtracting. Go back to the instruction. Yeah. What did God say? Yeah. I'm real big on that. What did the Lord tell you? What did God tell you? If he told you you will, then apparently you're going to. But look how these measly, puny, upset, disgruntled, offended, rejected, humiliated, embarrassed flock of people say. You want to leave us here to die? Verse 3. Had the Lord brought us here to die? We will be victims? It would it have not been better to return to Egypt? For me to go back and whoop and chains, building pyramids? Here's how you can tell, listen to me, how they were settled mentally. Because a situation revealed that when they got in trouble, they would go back to what they knew. You are nothing when everything is going okay. It is when you get in trouble that will reveal where your mind really is. Yeah. And y'all don't say nothing. It is one thing to come out of prison or out of Egypt. It is another thing to be free from Egypt. If you can't revert back to it, you never left it. <laughs> I just said something. This should have slapped you on the back of your hair. Alright? If you can revert back to it, that's Facebookable. You never left the place that you were in. A double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. Which means you have the ability to live in two places and not be fully in them at all. It is the principle of being double-minded. These children of Israel suffered tremendously because they were stuck in two places. We finally got out. Hurrah! But Moses did not take time to do some mentally evi mental evaluation to ensure their trauma was healed from the former season. Can I bless you real quick, Ms. Ross? If you remain full of trauma, you cannot fully inherit the promise. Amen. Because you will always react to things as, as if you were in the former place. <laughs> so you want to know why God's taking you through a process to get everything out of you? It's because he wants to make sure that what pops up in promise doesn't remind you of your prison. So God will detox you to ensure you're not responding to things the same way as you did in the former season. These, this process is very uncomfortable, however, it needs to be done. Amen. So it's like shampoo and conditioner. <laughs> you can't have one without the other. Hear me out. Now, we know shampoo is good. That's the primary thing. You need to get your hair clean. Praise God. Get that stink out of you. All right? And in the meantime, you can use a cold wash. You need to go back to some shampoo at some point in time in your life. Praise God. Here's the point. Shampoo gets your hair clean. But conditioner makes it easy to go through when it comes time. I see you, Miss Roz. That when it comes time to actually move on through. All right? She know what I'm talking about. She knows it. So you need your shampoo to get that stuff off the scalp. And you need something that's going to help that comb through and help come through. Try brushing your hair without putting no conditioner in there. Because <laughs> you know it's going to pull and it's going to get caught at the end and mess you up. Here is my point. If you don't go through every process, you are going to find yourself wrapped up. 
thing going. Praise the Lord. One has one purpose. The other has one. But you need both to make this thing work together. One gets you clean. The other makes you manageable. So God is taking you through, let's say, a shampoo and conditioning season. One is getting you clean. The other one is making you manageable. If you're not manageable, you will not manage your season well. You will still, you will treat your new season as if you are still living in the old season. It is the danger of settling mentally. If you take up residence in a place that was only meant to be temporary, you will be very disappointed when it comes to the end. Because eventually God only releases enough blessings in a temporary place to get you through to the next place. So what happens? The trick of the enemy comes to make you think you made the right choice to move in. But in reality, what has happened to you now is that you're mad because God's not providing. But what, what happens, God providing for you over there, but because you settle mentally here, he's not providing for you anymore. So that what happens. I'm so mad at God. God, I'm kidding. I'm about to stop going to church. I'm going to stop trusting my past. I'm gonna, you get all over mad. And the thing is, you keep getting worried about your next season. And the thing is, when you settle mentally, you think you're living in the next one, you're still living in the next. Moses wanted to probably pimp slap somebody. 
I'm going to shout that on the screen. For the mindset of the flesh is death, but the mindset controlled by the spirit finds life and peace. I want to say life and peace. Verse 7, in fact, the mindset focused on the flesh fights God's plan and refuses to submit to his direction because it cannot. Verse 8, for no matter how hard they, they try, God finds no pleasure with those who are controlled by the flesh. There are two things fighting your mind. Your flesh and the spirit of God. However, you will never find peace in God if your flesh is highly exalted because you chose to live. So at some point, you've got to find and determine what is going to rule you. Your mind is either going to be controlled by the spirit of God or it's going to be controlled by your flesh. It's your choice. You got a choice on what your mind does. What your mind does not do. And I hear you in the room. Boy, just, you know, it's not that easy. You know, I try, you know, just keep on going up. Maybe because you keep on giving, maybe it's because you keep on giving leeway to it. Because the moment you give it an inch of leeway, it's going to take a whole mile. Praise the Lord. So that also goes to what you see. Because what you see has the ability, your mind has the ability to capture those images and stores them in your mind for the proper time. That's why a lot of people are scarred when it comes to visual trauma. They saw something, and every time they see that, it scars them, and it brings up that same memory. Some people may live as if, like, I'm 30 years old, but if I did not choose to let some things go, I'll be living at age 7, age 12, 12 age 16, age 18. Those are mental memories I could choose to go back on. But the moment that you're able to move over that point, you're not, you're not subjected to the ages the enemy wanted you to stay locked into. You've got to choose to clear out the memory in your mind. Period. My camera has the ability. I have stuff on my memory card right now. If I press the erase button, it's going to ask me, are you sure you want to delete it? And it's going to happen again. If you know it's about to format your entire card, are you sure you won't let this go? Because there is no going back. Can I tell you something? I think that that's sometimes where we find our minds at. We haven't pressed the final delete button. I mean, I know some of y'all ready for me to come, but where the Oscar music was wrapping on up. But you at some point you have got. To realize it's okay to press the mental erase button. Are you sure you want to? Yep. Are you sure? I'm positive. But you be told some of us are not there yet. Last one. I'm still in my time. Isaiah 26, 3. You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you. But listen, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. You see that? You will keep me in perfect peace. All who trust in you. All whose thoughts are fixed on you. Fixed meaning you're set on him. We all probably could stand for some peace. We all 
the crowd may do a lot better if we weren't so, we focusing so harshly in the mental warfare of our minds. We probably be a lot better if it was easy to just yell, "Stop!" and all would be well. You know, it would probably be you know, just so much easier. We could just say, "Enough!" and it would just go away. But my dearest, dearest children of the Most High, it's not that easy. And although you would imagine or hope for it to be, it is not. So now, what do we do? How do we move on? We fix our minds and our thoughts on him. If he is not the center of your mind, then you will become the center of your mind. And when you become the center, everything that you want to revolve around you will begin to revolve around you. It is your choice. But it takes you to realize where you are, where you are going, and how you are functioning. It's very important. Oh man, I wanted to move to this church. I'm sorry, I didn't have a lot of that. Sorry. Uh, the voice says, You will keep the peace, a perfect peace, for all who trust in you, for those who dedicate their hearts and minds to you. I love the fact that you dedicate, which means that you have to make a decision to be decided in that. Amen. You only dedicate what you think is precious. <laughs>
So we are moving through this to ensure we're great. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for what you have said today. We give you honor, give you praise, and give you glory of all that you are, all that you have done. We thank you, God, for being the, the one who keeps the peace in our minds. You keep the peace in your mind, in our minds. So, Father, we just yield to you and what you are trying to do in us, what you're trying to uh, make happen in us. And we thank you, we bless you, and we honor you. It is in your name we pray. And the church together say amen. Amen. amen.